if you come to a CrossFit gym and you go through the hour and you warm up and you go through the workout and you cool down with that coach and with your group of people and you're in here day in day out and if you're in the RX division if you normally right over 75% of the time do an RX workout and if you're in the scaled if you just do the workout you are more than prepared to succeed at that workout those that excel are going to be the fittest and those that don't do as well are going to be probably a little less fit than those that excel but they're still going to be plenty fit as long as they're doing crossfit on a regular basis so I think it's something where it's a workout that you're going to need to push hard to do well from all four athletes. Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast. This is your host, Charlie Lima. I have a special episode today. I've got the Josh Godinez with me, and we're going to be talking about BCS Classic. Uh, It's in a few days, and I just feel it's appropriate that I start this podcast with, what is that, Josh? A C4 on the go. Tropical blast flavor, for those that are wondering. Oh, this podcast is brought to you by C4 Carbonated on the go. On the go uh, tropical blast. Josh, what do we got, man? Talk to me a little bit about uh, what your roles and responsibilities have been for BCS Classic this year. Yeah, uh, so we have a whole team assembled, first of all. Um, that <laughs> I'll, I'll let Charlie explain that. If you were wondering what that timer was, we set a hard stop time of 20 minutes. So Josh and I are doing a 20-minute AMRAP of podcasting <laughs> today. So Josh, okay, go ahead. Time right. going, time okay, so we have a time. Um, geez. We have a team assembled for the BCS Classic, including uh, myself, uh, Selena Stacy, uh, Scott, you, Gus, George McCoy, for those that know him, um, I feel like most people know George. And what my responsibilities covered was everything from kind of educating judges at the day of the event to uh, creating the workouts. Basically, the CrossFit competition from the standpoint of um, the workouts and the user perspective from the athletes. So what do you feel is different this year from uh you've been involved like you've you've helped and participated and what do you feel like this year makes this year different from previous years yeah i think this is the first year where i think we've through the conception of the event um as far as planning started right back in the summer to now leading up to days before it starts had a team the whole way of people with designated and well-defined roles uh i think beforehand it kind of been this hodgepodge of like coaches helping out or you taking on a lot of the load of it or um, maybe other coaches kind of taking roles but never really with a set team like we have now and so I think that's definitely going to hopefully come out in the event and make us look pretty well organized. I 100% agree I just feel that you know and I think having each person who's very well gifted in the areas that they're in has been a really good thing. So let's talk a little bit about your uh, job and, and how do you begin to think of events and workouts for competitions? Like where where, where do we start? Yeah, um, so what I like to pull from, I'm no uh, Dave Castro or even uh, uh, Matt Haynes for those that know him, but... Whoa, I do, Matt Haynes yeah. and Dave Castro getting thrown out in the same I know. sentence. Dave Castro feels really lucky right now. <laughs> But I, I do think I, I've 
done CrossFit for a while, um, and I've competed in CrossFit for a while now, and and so I I think I have a good idea um, to pull from my experience as far as what a good competition and and the overview of a competition's worth of workouts should look like. I also try to keep in mind what I know um, from a coaching standpoint, and I know, and I just from by merit of doing CrossFit for so long, I can appreciate a really well put together program in a CrossFit competition I view as almost like a microcosm for that. And so I try to make the workouts fit similarly in that way to where you're not overloading any one stimulus. You're varying the movements. You're just having good variance all around. So like, you know, most listeners are from the gym, but I think this podcast will attract a lot of the people participating in the classic this year. What is, what would you say from an athlete's perspective, you know, you've competed in a lot of competitions, like you said, you've competed at regionals. What would you say are the things that make a, a, uh, in terms of events, like workouts, not necessarily, uh, overall competition, but what would you think make the events a well-ran competition? Yeah. Great question. I think from the, in event standpoint, really, really, um, it's, it's one of those things that people won't notice this or, or maybe be able to pinpoint it um, always for what it is. But I think the best events uh, always are kept very simple and effective, just like the best CrossFit workouts, right? Uh, for example, that's why a workout like Fran, it's just a simple cu- couplet of thrusters and pull-ups is so effective, right? Nothing too crazy or fancy about it, um, but it can still leave people on their back. It's a great test to see if you're at the – tip of the spear, able to do it unbroken. If maybe you're a little bit further from that, able to get it under five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. Um, it's a great way of testing, improving our fitness. I think CrossFit competitions and workouts in CrossFit competitions work the same way, right? The more simple they are, uh, usually the more effective. And I found that correlation to be pretty, pretty spot on in any competition I've participated at or even gone to watch. Uh, and so I try to keep that in mind. Don't get too fancy with it. Don't try to reinvent the wheel as far as the movements we're implementing or um, the styles or formats of the workout. Don't get too outside of the box. Exactly, right? I think CrossFit is a pretty outside-of-the-box sport as a whole, especially when you're looking at it as a sport. And so you have a lot to play with without drawing too far away from what you'd already see in a normal CrossFit class. Cool. So simple. What else? I think... Uh, a really cool thing I like to geek out about, and, and maybe this is just me, maybe people don't notice this, I really like looking at how number schemes fit together, right? You look at some of the events of the games in, or even in the CrossFit Open, and you have these cool, like maybe even like a ascending ladder of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, all the way down to, all the way up to 10, excuse me, or you have a 21, 15, 9s, or you have like workouts that have uh, like the Fibonacci final at the games a couple years ago where it's playing off of like an old mathematician's sequence that he found to be a universal truth in like the world. Basically, without getting too far in the weeds there, I think there's a lot of cool opportunities to make the numbers fit in well. It's almost like a perfect puzzle piece. And I think that's half the battle when you're kind of creating a good uh, workout. I think ideally you're even playing with, this is a totally different topic, but you're even playing with stimulus of the workout as far as Do I want this to be a sprint? Do I want this to be heavy and slow? Do I want this to be a long grind and not necessarily heavy, but just a lot of work and taxing? Do I want the movements to complement each other like a push in a pool, like a thruster and a pull up? Or do I want interference, right? Where everything's taxing our grip and we're constantly using our shoulders. And there's a lot of cool 
balance that can be achieved and personality that you can put in as a programmer when you're kind of creating an event. So super happy to be able to do that, hopefully, with the help, obviously, of Scott and George and really the whole team uh, for this event. So tell me this. Do you take in consideration time domains and how does that factor in? Absolutely. Obviously, I could talk about this for a lot longer than 20 minutes, but uh, that's a huge part of um, kind of going in that big umbrella of stimulus. I think time domain definitely falls into that, right? Uh, I want most events in the competition to fall in between a certain range, right? Not too short, not too long. But I think every once in a while, especially the event allows for it, you should have an event that goes pretty long or pretty short, right? Like a sprint. I think for the resources we have and the timeline we're working with, right? We're trying to get athletes out at a reasonable time over a day-long competition. I think we did a good job of varying that time domain too. So I'm really excited about that. And then how do you consider load in the in the events? Yeah. So our event's a pretty special one too, to where I don't think we're catering to that tip of the spear like I was talking about earlier, necessarily. I think they can come in and have a great time and have a really good competition, have other people in their similar situation. But I think the market we're really trying to hit, and correct me if I'm wrong, Charlie, is we really want that kind of middle of the road CrossFit competition, CrossFit competitor, right? We want the person that's just coming in an hour and a day and loves doing it, right? Loves getting coached, loves going warm up to cool down, but also has a ton of other stuff going on. And it's not the central focus of the world right kind of similar to how we are with our gym a recreational crossfitter yeah exactly the weekend warrior so to speak and so i think our events when we start talking about loading have to reflect that right we don't want to go so heavy that it would take years and years and years to build up the strength just necessary to compete at a high level with these or workouts. you have to be training like rich froning to be or a chris raya right <laughs> man chris raya rich froning saying I, sentence chris rich froning must feel really jealous right now he doesn't get that often so he's gonna be feeling good but yeah so i think essentially what i'm going with that is i think that our events need to have this balance of being Heavy enough to be challenging for all, if not most, but light enough to still be accessible for that athlete, right? The one that excels in the normal CrossFit class, particularly on the RX side, um, but also on the scaled, uh, but maybe doesn't dedicate their whole life to this, right? And tell me this, do you, having a team workout compared to an individual workout or a partner workout, like how much thought goes into that? Oh, yeah, it's... So one thing that we did with our, um, kind of circling back to that, one thing we did with creating these events, right, uh, between George, Scott, and I, the whole team, we tried to create the events in such a way that whether we're talking about the team division, the RX, the scale, the partner, they were all just reflections and they all had the same gist uh, between every deviation of the same workout on the pad, right? So if you're on the parking lot um ideally everyone's gonna be doing some sort of the same workout right i almost got, i almost got close to revealing an event before we were supposed to i had to stop myself but um so going back to that i think it's really important to vary the approach and to be sure that we're we're able to keep this work out like as accessible as it can be to anyone that's trying to do it. That's really what it pulls back down to. And with the four-person teams, two-person teams, the, and they all are doing the same, around about the same events. Yes. If you were 
programming an individual event compared to them? Is there would it would it look different or would it still be kind of very similar? I would think it. The cool thing about a team and a partner competition as opposed to an individual is that you are inherently going to be working with, at least on some events, if not all, a work-to-rest ratio, right? You have time you're working, time you're resting. A lot of times it'll feel like time you're sprinting and time you're resting. And so an individual oftentimes is not like that. An individual, it's pretty rare that a workout set up in a competition where you're getting rest does happen, but not very often in competitions. So that changes... um, a little bit about the stimulus of the workout as we create it, right? If I create, a, for example, take that team inside workout that has a 20-minute cap on it. We have a team of three going and then an individual going through it. And I think even between those two um, workouts embedded in the same event, we can see the differences, right? The individual, it's going to pay off to just be slow and steady and to chip off as much work as they can with having as little rest time as they can. Whereas the team at three, it might be to their advantage to break it up a ton if it means they can be doing really fast reps, right? That gets into kind of the strategy of it. They're going to be running across the floor, trying to transition effectively. But I think it just, it totally changes the vibe, if you will, of what we're trying to do um, in that workout, whether you're on that team at three or you're the individual, because of how you would have to approach it to do well. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want you to expand on that uh, event in particular because I remember yeah. when you presented that to us, you were really excited about Super it. Super excited. And you, we don't see that much, but having the three <laughs> athletes for the four-person team event, having the three athletes go and then one individual going and, and give me the thought behind it and kind of what went through your mind and how you came to that conclusion. Yeah. So I remember really specifically, I um. And oftentimes, especially in a team of four um, competition, uh, you see that there'll be either workouts where an individual does a work and then all four individuals cycle through. You'll see workouts where they're divided up into pairs, whether it's a male-female pair and a male-female pair or two males and then two females or whatever. But I've never seen it personally. And actually, when the idea kind of hit me, I was sitting here at the gym at 6 a.m. I remember it was like a Wednesday and I was working out and I, Scott was coaching, um, the 6am class or I just finished coaching it or something like that. And he, and, and I went and asked him if he had seen that. And I called up, um, my friend, or obviously still, still used to work here. I called up Matt Haynes. I asked him if he had ever heard of that. And anyway, and so no one really had heard of that three, one split where you have a team of three and then an individual going through in the same workout. And so I was really excited. I was like, that'll be a really cool novelty to have in our competition. I think a lot of competitions talk about getting too fancy. I think people don't do that for just the sake of wanting to make something overly complicated. I think they do it because they're trying to have that novelty, right? They're trying to have the next big thing and every competition has their big thing whether it's at the crossfit games you have a new piece of equipment every year or it's some local competition that's kind of happening year by year like us where um you're trying to keep it changed up and exciting for the athletes i think that three one splits a cool way to do that without having to come up with some crazy movement they have to do or something they've never seen before right because the novelty is not a movement. It's kind of the logistical setup of the workout. Uh, and so I was really stoked about that idea. And then 
when it kind of fell together with that workout and, and creating it in a way that I think it's enticing. Uh, the teams have a choice whether they want that last athlete working on the floor to be a male or female athlete. And I think we should construct it in a way that it'd be kind of a fair fight depending on that individual's ability, whether it's a male or a female athlete, right? Yeah, so let's, I'd love to get your thoughts on strategy because, yes, you might have the superstar that would do really well, but then you take them out of the three-person team mm-hmm. and there's a 20-minute time cap, right? So, like, what is the game? Is it custom per team is, or what is the strategy? Is it, like, every team has a unique strategy based on the depth of their athlete? I hate I'm sure it's the least satisfying answer. I hate to kind of say it like this, but I think it it just depends, right? I don't think there's 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 a lot more gray area than there is black and white on that, and it just depends back on that team. I know teams that maybe not all four athletes have chest to bar and bar muscle ups, right? And so they're gonna have to cater around that one athlete that doesn't, um, as opposed to other teams that maybe everyone's a stud gymnastically speaking, and they all have all those movements down pat. Then maybe you do want your best individual going last because that's gonna give you the best time for an event score, which is the overall time of the workout, right? There's two scores in that event. It's the time for the team at three and then the overall time after the individual. But the thing to remember about that is the overall time after the individual finishes still includes what the team did, right? So the team inherently has to do good still for the individual to have a good score. Does that make sense? It does. No, I like that. Um, So you guys or you decided to release movements yeah for this last event and not release the actual workout until the night before the event now back in the day man i remember going to crossfit competitions and we found out the workouts that morning oh yeah so so nowadays it's i mean it's more common to know exactly what you're going to do well in advance so kind of give me your thought process about like saying hey i don't want to release the event until the night before but I want to release the movements and, and they were released in a very <laughs> tricky way. Right. Because you watch the video and it's hard to know what's going yeah, on. So, yeah. So give me your, the whole thought process behind putting those together and, and yeah. releasing it that way. Yeah. First of all, such a funny thought, right? That I, I definitely remember that too, taking part in CrossFit competitions, um, even a few years ago where you didn't know any events leading up. And now I do feel like it kind of is the norm to have, a lot of the events or all the events released a week out or more. It's almost like expectation from an athlete, from a the person who's registered. Yeah, I don't know where that flip happens. But regardless, that's kind of the norm now. And, and I guess that is almost an expectation. So it's cool to kind of almost like a tip your hat, a little homage to like how com- competitions used to be kind of set up and that you didn't know till the day before or the morning of or whatever it was. And we had decided on this last workout, this uh, – parking lot workout to not release everything uh before the work i'm being careful in how i'm talking about this i don't give anything away uh because i think there is definitely a strategic advantage to be gained if you practice this last one and we want to kind of mix up the field and maybe see kind of what people can come up with on the fly. It's a better test of fitness. I think it keeps it really exciting. I think the unknown definitely has people's personalities coming out, right? If you're prone to stress and you don't like uncertainty, I think this doesn't play to you very well. But maybe if you're somebody that's kind of like a game day athlete and, you know, maybe you mentally you just you lock in on things and can adapt really easily, then hopefully this is no problem for you. But I just I like the excitement of kind of 
generating that buzz, right? Couldn't add a little teaser of what the workout might entail without kind of giving away the whole pie. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how that one goes. Okay, I can't so, wait till people know. So without giving out any information, uh, is there anything that people should expect from that event or... I mean, is, is, do they have all the information that they need in order to, uh, I mean, again, I'm, I'm here asking for the athletes that don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a couple people in mind that are going to be hanging on every word I say right now. So without giving too much away, right? I think, um, that workout, if you come to a CrossFit gym and you go through the hour and you warm up and you go through the workout and you cool down with that coach and with your group of people and you're in here day in, day out. And if you're in the RX division, if you normally, right, over 75% of the time do an RX workout and if you're in the scaled, if you just do the workout, you are more than prepared to succeed at that workout. Those that excel are going to be the fittest and those that don't do as well are going to be probably a little less fit than those that excel, but they're still going to be plenty fit as long as they're doing CrossFit on a regular basis. So, I think it's something where it's a workout that you're going to need to push hard to do well from all four athletes, but if all four athletes still, stopping the timer, if all four athletes still do CrossFit on a daily basis or even a few times a week and they are still used to those workouts, then they should be fine. Dude, I think that is a good place to end. All right. All right, Josh. Thanks for everything, man. And if uh, anybody's got any comments, let us know. But we're excited to host you. Appreciate it, Charlie. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast, where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.